Welcome to Your Wealth, Your Legacy, a podcast by Prairie Wood Wealth Management, where we cover the latest in investment, tax, estate, and charitable giving strategies to help you keep more of what you make, make more with what you have, and create a legacy that lasts beyond your lifetime. Thanks for listening. We're glad you're here. Here are your hosts, Nathan Anderson and Steve Nelson. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the 17th episode of Your Wealth, Your Legacy. I'm your host, Nathan Anderson, here with my co-host, Steve Nelson. Welcome, Steve. Yeah, it's great to be here. It's been a busy start to the year, and one of the reasons is this new Secure Act 2.0 that was passed right before the new year. So that's today's topic. Yeah, I know. It's been really interesting to see, I would say, even just the last five years, the amount of new tax legislation that's been passed. I mean, if you go back to really Trump tax reform, which was right at the end of 2017. And from that point forward, we had the original Secure Act, which was in 2019, the CARES Act in 2020, the American Rescue Plan in 2021, the Inflation Reduction Act in 2022. And now we've got the Secure Act 2.0, which was passed, I think it was signed into law on on December 29th, so right at the very end of, of 2022. And when you look back, these aren't what I would call small tax law changes. You know, the Secure Act changed RMD ages from 70 and a half to 72. It resulted in the loss of the inherited IRA stretch. So people who inherited IRAs being able to stretch those distributions over their lifetime. The CARES Act with COVID and, and a lot of the provisions passed related to that, recovery rebates, paycheck protection program loans, employee retention credits. I mean, these were very substantial tax items and it's really led a lot of people to question or wonder if they're really keeping up to date on all the tax laws and and really having a plan in place that contemplates the current tax landscape. Yeah, and definitely the the added complexity here with the Secure Act 2.0 made a lot of changes. So in today's podcast, we're really gonna just focus on the most notable changes that will impact the most people. I think the the first change that we want to start with is just talking about required minimum distribution ages. And so just a brief reminder, required minimum distributions are those distributions that individuals have to take from their retirement accounts when they reach certain ages. The Secure Act 2.0 pushed back a lot of those ages even further than what they were pushed back from the original Secure Act. Yeah, and how it impacts you depends on when you were born. So if you were born between, or let's just say before 1951, you've already started your RMDs and there's really no impact to you. But if you were born between 1951 and 1959, now your required minimum distribution starting date has been pushed back to 73. If you're born after 1960, now your RMD starting date will be 75 years old. So a lot of people might ask, how does that impact somebody if their required minimum distribution date is pushed back? Let's say people who need those distributions from their retirement accounts to cover their annual spending, these changes in RMD starting ages may not have any impact on them because they're already needing to take funds out of those accounts. But for individuals who have plenty of other income or cash flow coming in to support their lifestyle, these later required minimum distribution ages give them a lot of additional flexibility to do tax planning because they're not forced to take money out of those retirement accounts, which is then taxable income to them. And so it gives them flexibility in managing what portion of their social security might be taxable, gives them flexibility to reduce the Medicare adjustments or Medicare premium adjustments that they may have to pay on their Medicare premiums that are based on income. And it also gives them flexibility to do Roth conversions more efficiently by, you know, having less income and being able to convert more of those pre-tax balances into Roth um, at a lower tax rate. 
Secure Act 2.0 also reduced the RMD penalties. So historically before this, if you missed a RMD from your IRA, the penalty was 50%. So for example, if you had a $40,000 required minimum distribution that you failed to take in a year, the penalty was 50% of that or 20,000. So it was really punitive. Starting January 1st, 2023, this RMD penalty has been reduced to 25%. Still very high, but a lot better than 50%. Yeah, to me that, you know, the penalty originally when it was 50%, I mean, that is an extremely punitive penalty for usually what just amounts to simple oversight. I mean, even 25% is is pretty substantial. And there is a provision in, in the new Secure Act 2.0 where if you correct it timely, that penalty can actually be as low as 10%. Bottom line, that's a significant penalty for forgetting or overlooking taking an RMD. So just make sure that you're tracking um, when those need to be taken so that you can avoid that penalty altogether. Another area where the Secure Act 2.0 made some significant changes were in employer plan Roth accounts. And so an employer plan, think of a 401k or a 403b account you have with your employer. And a lot of times those accounts have Roth options. So you can do pre-tax contributions or Roth contributions. And so what the Secure Act 2.0 did was number one, it said that there's no required minimum distributions from Roth accounts within employer plans. Now that's consistent with what historically has been in place for Roth IRAs, but Roth employer plans just weren't afforded that same treatment. And so now with the Secure Act 2.0, it's kind of aligned Roth IRAs with Roth accounts in an employer plan where there's no, no RMDs. Another thing that the Secure Act 2.0 did for employer plan Roth accounts is it now allows employer contributions. So contributions made by the employer, those contributions can be made to Roth accounts. Historically, employer contributions could only go to pre-tax accounts, um, so that has now changed. If an individual elects to have those employer contributions made to the Roth account, those contributions will be treated as taxable income to the employee in the year that those contributions are made, and then they're also non-forfeitable, so there's no vesting requirements. And then the third primary change related to Roth accounts um, within employer plans has to do with the catch-up contribution. So the catch-up contribution is when people are age 50 or older, they can make a larger contribution to their employer plans um, than those who are 49 or younger. And the change that was made was if individuals are high wage taxpayers, so the way it's defined in the SECURE Act is if they make over 145,000 in wages in the prior year from the employer that's sponsoring the plan, they're only allowed to make their catch-up contributions to the Roth component of the plan. They're not able to do pre-tax contributions. You know, one of the interesting things looking at the SECURE Act really broadening and I would say making Roth accounts even more favorable is, you know, I think a lot of people ask us the question, you know, will Congress continue to allow Roth accounts because they provide for tax-free growth for life? You know, Steve, why do you think that Congress is expanding rather than restricting the use of Roth accounts? Yeah, I mean, there's probably only one entity that loves Roth accounts more than us, and that's Congress. And it's simple. It's a way for them to pay for things in their bills. If you think about the budget cycle, and if you're allowing people to contribute to Roths, you don't get the tax deduction up front. All of the cost is way down the road. So this is an, an example of just kicking the can down the road when another party is going to be impacted by it. You know, from my perspective, it seems like just another 
probably short-sighted perspective of Congress. You know, they like the fact that tax revenue tomorrow is going to be higher without really thinking about or, or caring about the fact that 10 or 15 or 30 years down the road, when all of these individuals retire and take the money out of their accounts, tax revenue is going to be lower. And so to me, it's a, it's really, a, I would say, a gimmick on, the, on behalf of Congress where they're trying to show that, you know, hey, we're going to have all this tax revenue in the next few years without really honestly assessing what the long-term tax revenue is for the future. In the meantime, it's beneficial to individuals who are able to take advantage of the Roth accounts pay the tax now, and then benefit from the tax-free growth really for the rest of their lives. You're right. It is probably the number one question we get when we explain Roth IRAs to people is, you know, what if Congress takes them away? And to me, this just shows that now requiring higher earner wages to only make Roth contributions, it's really them signaling that they're favoring Roth accounts rather than restricting them. And that could always change from one administration to another, but so far that looks like the the direction that they're going. The next item that the Secure Act 2.0 changed was it created the ability to make larger catch-up contributions for certain individuals. So kind of going back to what we had just talked about, the catch-up contribution is an additional contribution above the typical 22,500 deferral amount that people can make to their 401k or 403b employer plans. And so the catch-up says if you're age 50 or older, you can make a larger contribution. Well, what the SECURE Act 2.0 said was, is if you're age 60, 61, 62, or 63, we're going to allow you to make an even larger catch-up contribution. And so the catch-up contribution for those in 2023 that are age 50 and older is $7,500. This provision takes effect in 2025. But for those that are 60, 61, 62, and 63, they could basically make a 50% larger catch-up contribution than those who are just strictly age 50 and older. And if you're wondering why it's only applicable to ages 60, 61, 62, and 63, you're not alone. We are too. (laughs) Yeah, it certainly seems weird to cut it off at age 63, but that's what they did. I think this is one of the provisions that a lot of people have been excited about. You know, when I look at it, increasing the catch-up contribution by 50%, so using 2023 limits, 7,500 up to 11,250, it's a pretty small increase. And, you know, for people that, let's say they're behind on their savings, this is definitely helpful, but it's not going to make up for many years of lost contributions. So in today's dollars, it'll allow somebody to put an extra 15,000 into more than likely a Roth account if they're a higher earner. Over the four-year period. The last provision of the SECURE Act 2.0 that we'll talk about today is the ability for 529 accounts to be converted into Roth accounts. You know, one thing that prevented some people from utilizing 529 college education accounts was the risk that you overfunded the account. Or we always would get the question from clients, you know, what if the student or the beneficiary doesn't go to college. And I think that prevented a lot of people from actually even opening them up and contributing them. So this new provision kind of reduces the risk that you will overfund college education accounts. So what this provision does, it allows you to convert $35,000 from a 529 plan per beneficiary into a Roth IRA. So there is this $35,000 lifetime limit And there's also some other restrictions because I think when people saw it, there was all these ideas on how to abuse it. And so they wanted to make sure that they limited it to the annual contribution amount. So right now in 2023, that's $6,500 per individual. So it's limited to that per year. 
And that's together with any other Roth IRA contribution. So like, let's say the beneficiary makes a $2,000 Roth IRA contribution on their own. They would only be able to transfer then 4,500 in that year from their 529 account to their Roth account. Another restriction is the 529 account had to have been opened for at least 15 years as of the date of the contribution. So this this is designed to prevent people from just doing it in one step immediately. And along with that, the amounts that are transferred had to have been in the account for at least five years. Yeah. So ultimately what Congress is trying to do is is basically say, we really want this to be a legitimate 529 account. You know, you, we want you to have opened this a long time ago, made contributions quite a while ago. And if you've happened to overfund it, we're going to provide an option for you to make Roth contributions on behalf of the beneficiary. But don't go open it tomorrow, fund it, and immediately contribute to a Roth because that's not the point of this legislation. So I think that's a good overview of really the most notable items in the SECURE Act 2.0. There's a long list of additional items, um, but I think these ones that we've talked about are the ones that are going to impact the most people. Um, so Steve, let's kind of talk through what does this really mean for individuals? How is this going to impact them? Yeah, I think the first thing is, you know, I think annual and even lifetime tax planning is now more important. If you think about individuals now born after 1950, they're going to have a lot more flexibility when they take their RMDs which then opens up more tax planning opportunities to minimize the tax on Social Security, your Medicare premium surcharges, and even the amount of Roth conversions that you can do. So yeah, individuals that are born after 1950 will have additional years to delay their RMDs, and they should make sure that they're using that time to minimize the amount of taxes they pay over their lifetime. I think another important application or important thing for people to think about is specifically the employer plans that now have additional Roth options, especially for high income or high wage taxpayers who are only able to make catch-up contributions to the Roth component of the plan. If your employer doesn't have a Roth component of the plan, this new SECURE Act 2.0 really took an interesting stance on that and basically said that no one then within the plan can make catch-up contributions. So if you happen to be somebody who makes over 145000 a year from your employer and you're 50 years old or older, so you want to make those catch-up contributions, if your plan doesn't have a Roth component, you should be talking to your employer and letting them know that all employees are going to lose that catch-up ability if they don't add a Roth component to the plan. And so I think what we're going to see long-term is almost all 401k plans adding Roth components to make sure that number one, employees have as many options as possible, but then also to make sure that you know higher income or higher wage employees and really employees altogether don't lose that catch-up opportunity they otherwise would be afforded. I also think the 529 to Roth IRA contribution feature will greatly increase the willingness of families to save for college through 529 plans. You know, the number one question we get regarding 529 plans is, you know, what if my my son or daughter doesn't go to college or they don't use all the funds. This new provision now provides a pretty good solution to answer that question. What we've already done with some clients is, you know, starting that 15-year clock. And if you have kids or grandkids that are just born, you know, even just opening up the 529 account, funding it with a very small amount, will start that 15-year clock. So I think you're going to see a lot more 529 accounts opened up early and then funded, you know, at least five years before they're scheduled to go to school. Yeah, I agree with that. I think, you know, overall, that's a pretty good summary of the SECURE Act 2.0. And 
you know, really the Secure Act 2.0 is just a continuation of all the tax law changes we've been seeing in the past five years. You know, just high level, a recap, the Secure Act 2.0 pushes back RMD ages for individuals born in 1951 and later. It reduces penalties for missed RMDs. It changes the rules for Roth accounts within employer retirement plans. It increases catch-up contributions and provides limited flexibility to use 529 account balances to fund Roth IRA contributions. As always, those who are interested in more on the Secure Act 2.0 can check out our blog post on our website that we publish together with this podcast. If you're interested in that, just go to pw-wm.com and click on the Learn button on the top right of the screen. I think one thing that the rapidly changing tax and retirement landscape has shown us recently is not just the importance of planning, but also having the ability to react and to change that plan as new tax laws are passed. And so for those who are interested in working with a family CFO to create and monitor a financial plan for your family, feel free to reach out and connect with us through the free evaluation button on our website. That's all we have for today. Until next time, thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to Your Wealth, Your Legacy by Prairiewood Wealth Management. If you have comments, questions, or would like to learn more about working with Prairiewood Wealth Management, we would love to hear from you. Please visit us at our website, pw-wm.com, or email us at service at pw-wm.com. If you find our podcast helpful, leave us a review and share it so others can find us as well. Thanks for listening as we continue our quest to help others keep more of what they make, make more with what they have, and create a legacy that will last beyond their lifetime. The information discussed on this podcast is provided for general informational purposes only and does not represent investment, tax, or legal advice. Opinions expressed are those of Prairiewood Wealth Management and are subject to change not guaranteed and should not be considered recommendations to buy or sell any security. While past performance of market results may be discussed, it does not provide any assurance of future performance. The information presented herein has been obtained from sources deemed reliable but is not guaranteed.